and welcome to Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're doing a live reading of the book The Viscount Who Loved Me, Chapter 12. And why am I doing this slapdash intro? Well, I was overzealous in my editing skills and I cut out my beloved sister's voice, Chris Don't Be Mad. Listeners, you know how she gets. Anyway, I hope you enjoy a slightly different episode today. If you do enjoy our show and you like to check in and listen every week, please share with your friends, like or leave a review. Nice ones only. Just joking. Not really. Enjoy this show. P.S. Forgot to add the important bit. If you want to donate to our podcast, you can do so on our coffee link in the podcast description. And check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're called The Bridges and Bitches. It's a safe and confidential space to answer our polls and sometimes very rude questions. Thank you for joining us in our first ever live read-through of a chapter from Bridget and Bitches. I'm very excited, Chrissy. Yes, I will explain. Uh, when I was preparing for this last week when we were going to record, I started automatically reading this chapter and I got to like three pages in and I thought, oh my God, wait, we're supposed to be doing a live read-through. So just to speed things up, the first few pages, nothing really happened. So I'll just do a, um, a rough summary. So remember that Kate is at... Anthony's Aubrey house. Um, everyone's gone to bed and Kate is suspecting that people are kind of room swapping and getting off with each other, which I thought was, you know, a bit uh, naughty for Kate to be thinking about. Um, and then Kate is woken up in the night. She can't sleep. She keeps thinking about Anthony. She keeps remembering how he rescued uh, Penelope and, and how heroic he is and how amazing he is. And she decides to go down to the library because she can't sleep and that's where I then realized I shouldn't be reading it so I stopped so Nats you are gonna kind of go from there aren't you do you want to go on yeah I hadn't read any of that because you know I was being a good girl and I was waiting for today I can't believe that Kate is insinuating that people are bedroom hopping that's a bit risque isn't it for a young lady to think that yeah, that's what I thought, because I was like, well, she's not supposed to be very experienced. She's not supposed to know about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was surprised. Like, where did she learn about that? Yeah, interesting. OK, well, let's begin, shall we? I'm starting with the candle bit, yeah? Yeah. OK, so she moved the candle a bit to the right leaning forward to peer at the next set of books when a bright and completely unexpected flash of lightning lit up the room. A short staccato scream burst forth from her lungs and she jumped backward, bumping her behind against the table. Not now, she silently pleaded. Not here. Is she talking to the table? <laughs> yeah. Did I or did I not predict that there would be a thunderstorm? I, I guess, to be fair, it happened in the TV show. But the blanket wasn't involved. But the blanket's not involved so far. The blanket might be in the table drawer, maybe. I think I'm going to have to admit that I was wrong about the blanket. But we, you know, we might be surprised. It might, it might come back. It might come back. Um, but you were right about the thunderstorm, Chris. Well done. You called it. I wonder why bumping her behind against the table was felt necessary here. Hmm. I Should think... Distracted and scared, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Okay. But as her mind formed the word here, the entire room exploded with a dull boom of thunder. 
And then it was dark again, leaving Kate shaking, her fingers gripping the table so hard that her joints locked. She hated this. Oh, how she hated this. She hated the noise and the streaks of light and the crackling tension in the air. But most of all, she hated what it made her feel. I love thunder. Like the noise. I love the streaks of light and I love the crackling tension in the air. So I can't imagine how she could hate this. So agreed. So terrified that eventually she couldn't feel anything at all. I probably stopped at the wrong place there, didn't I? (laughs) Okay. It had been this way all her life, or at least as long as she could remember. When she'd been small, her father or Mary had comforted her whenever it had stormed. Kate had many memories of one of them sitting on the edge of her bed, holding her hand and whispering soothing words as thunder and lightning crashed around her. But as she grew older, she managed to convince people that she was over her affliction. Oh, everyone knew that she still hated storms, but she'd managed to keep the extent of her terror to herself. So I thought she didn't like storms because something bad happened to her dad, but I'm guessing that's not what happened then. Yeah, we predicted that, didn't we? That maybe her dad got struck by lightning right in front of her. Like that felt something that would be really Bridgerton style. We were wrong. I don't think there's going to be a reason. I guess sometimes people's phobias don't really have a logical reason, do they? No, no, which is a shame because I like my whole her dad died at th- in a thunderstorm on a boat. Like, yeah. hmm. Okay. It seemed the worst sort of weakness, one with no apparent cause and unfortunately one with no clear cure. You called it, Chris. She didn't hear any rain against the windows. Maybe the storm wouldn't be so bad. Maybe it had started far away and was moving even even further. Maybe it was... Boom! I added that. Another flash illuminated the room, squeezing out a second scream from Kate's lungs. And this time the thunder had arrived even closer to the lightning indicating that this storm was pulling closer kate felt herself sink to the floor i kind of wanted to move on now am i right yeah it was too loud too loud and too bright and too boom kate boom i I think i got the tone wrong for the chapter yeah Yeah. Yeah. ah yeah that's better Kate huddled under the table, her legs folded up, her arms about her knees, waiting in terror for the next round. And then the rain began. Is she safe under the table? Is that what she's thinking there? Yeah, which I think her terror has taken over because she's kind of safe because she's indoors. So what do you think is going to happen next then? Well, I think it's predictable. Anthony's going to come for a little midnight read and they're going to meet in the library. Well, I am just scanning the next couple of paragraphs and it is basically Anthony just talking about his day. So shall we skip that? Well, okay, but let's summarise a little bit. Actually, I think I remember this bit. So he's at his study and he is loving the thunderstorm. So he's for once an opposite of Kate. Normally, the you know, the show was telling us how similar they are. He was saying how much he loved the thunderstorm and how it made him feel alive. Um, yeah, yeah interesting and he talks Um, about how it had been a long day and he'd been visiting tenants and boring stuff about harvesting the tenants crops and paying their rent yeah and about like a leaky roof and then he talks about the pow mow game have you already read all of this then uh maybe this is where i start okay and that's basically what kind of happens the next eight 
paragraphs are just about that really um but then I can see he says uh, he couldn't stop thinking about Kate Kate who much as she infuriated him couldn't help but command his respect how could he not admire one who clung so steadfastly to her convictions and Anthony had to admit that the crux of her convictions devotion to family was the one principle he held above all else so he seems to respect and like her now and also he starts, it says here, and of all the things he wanted to do to, to Kate is what he starts to imagine. And then he picks up the candle and he heads out into the empty hall. Oh, let's think, where's he going to go? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, this is where it gets juicy. So the electricity of the moment made him grin and he crossed over to where the offending candle had been left burning. That's very irresponsible of Kate. She could have burnt the whole house down. Yes. So he's gone into, um, has he gone into the library? Yes, he's gone into the yeah. library. So he's gone into the library, he's blown out the candle, and then he heard you something. Ready? You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was the sound of breath, panicked, laboured with the slightest touch of a whimper. Anthony looked purposefully around the room. Is someone here? He called out. (laughs) But he could see no one. Then he heard it again from below. Holding his own candle steady, he crouched down to peer under the table and his breath was sucked right out of his belly. My God, he gasped. Kate. Kate. (laughs) She was curled up into a ball, her arms wrapped around her bent legs so tightly it looked as if she were about to shatter. Her head was bent down, her eye sockets resting on her knees, and her entire body was shaking with fast, intense tremors. Anthony's blood ran to ice. He'd never seen someone shake like that. Aww, Anthony. It's that vulnerability, isn't it? Like we were saying a while ago. They need to be vulnerable with each other. And it's that kind of trope that you see in a lot of romantic stories. Exactly. Together. Yeah. And in the next paragraph, he's like, Anthony knew that most people didn't thrive on electrical storms as he did, but he'd never heard of someone being reduced to this. She looked as if she'd break into a million brittle pieces if he'd so much as touched her. So, of course, he wants to touch her, doesn't he? He's going to touch her. Um, thunder shook the room and her body flinched with such torment torment that Anthony felt it in his gut oh Kate he whispered ding 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 they would never have um, in, talked to each other in fact like using the first name would they maybe he's supposed to be caught off guard and that's why he says it I'd like to think so yeah it broke his heart to see her thus with a careful and steady hand he reached out to her which is you know brave no that's quite forward Mm -hmm. gently he set his hand on her upper arm and gave it the tiniest of squeezes i'm here kate he murmured everything will be all right that's nice of him nice one anthony Lightning tore through the night, blah, blah, blah. He moved closer and took one of her hands in his. Her skin was like ice, her fingers stiff from terror. It was difficult to pry her arm from around her legs, but eventually he was able to bring her hand to his mouth and he pressed his lips against her skin, trying to warm her. What say you? Not the first kind of thing you'd normally do when someone's scared. You might put a little arm around their shoulder. Yeah. Would I, I might... hand and put it in my mouth? Probably not. 
No, that is odd. And like you, maybe you kind of, yeah, you'd put your arm around their shoulder. That's quite an intimate thing. I'm here, Kate, he repeated, not really sure what else to say. I'm here. It will be all right. He managed to scoot himself under the table so that he was sitting beside her on the floor with his, sorry? Can I say, whenever I read scoots, he managed to scoot himself under the table. Mm. That's like dogs do when they're like going on the carpet, when they've got like, them and they scoot across the floor and that's just what it reminds me of when they go around the carpet and then what did you say after that sorry uh, like your dog has like poop on them and they're trying to get ah. it off and across the carpet oh um, that's gross I don't know if of that phrase I don't know if it's just because it's an, an American thing it means different but anyway oh. carry on during the moment not a fan of that Chris not a fan his arm resting around her trembling shoulders, she seemed to relax slightly at his touch, which left him with the oddest feeling, a sense of pride that he had been the one to be able to help her. That and a bone-deep feeling of relief because it was killing him to see her in such torment. He cares about her. Interesting. Torment and tormenta is Spanish for storm, so it's probably Latin, isn't it? Torment. Interesting. Is it though, Chris, or am I just showing off? I think it was mostly showing off, but 10% interesting. Thank you. I think that's very generous of you. 10% more than I would have given myself. Um, blah, blah, blah. Her skin lost that awful clammy feeling. Her breathing was still rushed. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, when he felt she might be ready, he touched two fingers to the underside of her chin, using the softest pressure imaginable to lift her face so that he could see her eyes. Look at me, Kate, he whispered, his voice gentle but suffused with authority if you just look at me you will know that you are safe this is a big contrast to the last time they were in the office together where she was like he was stamping on her foot and she was biting at his ankle yes the tiny muscles around her eyes quivered for a good 15 seconds before her lids finally fluttered. She was trying to open her eyes, but they were resisting. Anthony had little experience with this sort of terror, but it seemed to make sense to him that her eyes just wouldn't want to open, that they simply wouldn't want to see whatever it was that so frightened her. Have you ever been that scared before that you just kept your eyes closed? Um, no. I think children do, don't they? Because they, they think that if they can't see it, it doesn't exist. But I feel like as an adult, if anything, you'd want your eyes to be open if you were scared. But mm. I don't know. I can't remember. I wonder if any of the listeners have ever done that before when they're really scared, kept their eyes closed. But you're right. Yeah. I guess if Is you're it... watching a movie and it's really scary, you close your eyes. So Yeah. Or you look away, don't you? After several more seconds of fluttering, she finally managed to open her eyes all the way and met his gaze. Anthony felt as if he'd been punched in the gut. If eyes were truly the windows to the soul, something had shattered within Kate Sheffield that night. She looked haunted, hunted and utterly lost and bewildered. Bloody hell, she really hates storms, doesn't she? Yeah, I want that to be a good reason though, and there's uh, not. There better be. I bet there is. There's got to be, No doesn't seem like it um he took her hand which she'd which he'd never relinquished his hold on brought it to his lips again he pressed a gentle paternal kiss on her palm you don't remember what he asked paternal it says almost paternal but 
Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. She shook her head. I don't know. He asks, do you remember coming to the library? And she nodded. He says, do you remember the storm? She closes her eyes and then she says, says, oh, it's still storming. Do we say that in English? In England, um, sorry. I, this is another Americanism I noticed earlier. We never say it's storming. Mm. Fun fact. I noticed there's a couple of Americanisms in this chapter. Cool. Um, so they sit there and he's like, do you want me to talk to you? She shuts her eyes, not as tightly as before, and nodded. He smiled even though he knew she could not see it, but maybe she could sense it. Maybe she'd been able to hear his smile in his voice. Let's see, he mused, what can I tell you about? And she whispers, tell me about the house. The house, he asked in surprise. She nodded. Very well, he says, feeling rather absurdly pleased that she was interested in the one pile of stone and mortar that meant so much to him. Yeah, basically, he says he felt a spark of something warm and powerful in his chest as she spoke. She says, oh, your mother told me, basically. Um, and he really decides that he really wants to be able to make her feel better. And he, he makes a bit of a joke. He says, shall I tell you about the time my brother drowned my sister's favourite doll? So he's trying to keep the mood nice and light. So he's very thoughtful, isn't he? Yeah. And then suddenly the storm, the rain beats against the windows. And he, you know, he basically, she steals her chin and says, tell me something about you. All right. And she said slowly, trying to ignore the vague, uncomfortable feeling that spread in his chest tell me about your father he froze my father and then he gets he starts to feel very uncomfortable doesn't he he doesn't want to talk about his father he doesn't do it very often Edmund had been dead for over 10 years but the truth was that something simply hurt too much there were some wounds not even in 10 years so he's Anthony says he he was a great man a great father I loved him very much and then your and then Kate says your mother speaks of him with great affection that was why I asked and then Anthony's like staring across the room, like he's obviously getting a little bit emotional. Now, this is where it's similar to the TV show, because in the TV show, I was actually watching this the other night because the acting was superb. They're in the library and there is a thunderstorm and they do talk about his father. So that's where this is similar. And, oh. and she says, um, how did he die rather than when did he die? And that's where Anthony says, he was stung by a bee and the actor does a really good job at this because the actor sort of looks down like he's almost embarrassed but then he looks up straight away and she just looks so sad and then this is where they have that really intense eye contact where she looks at his lips and the back of his eyes and then he's like he's like looking at her like love that in shows when they do that the whole yeah. look at love it yeah, and then the, the lightning kind of flashes in the background and then she realises that she's standing there in her in her sleep dress or whatever you want to call it and she rushes out. But that's the only thing they mention regarding the, yeah, the, the, the thunderstorm that doesn't really play a big role in the TV show, does it? No, I don't think so. Basically, they start talking about fathers and how important they are and how difficult it is to lose. And they're, bo they're both bonding over the fact they've both lost their dads. And she's empathising with him and they're talking. And then he asks her about her mother who died. And she says it was on my third birthday. He asks about her mother and how old she was when her mother died. And she explains then that her father remarried Mary. Okay. And the mother died of influenza, but they think it could have been any sort of lung fever. So they're really connecting here. They're really vulnerable, aren't they? Yeah. 
God, and they just talk about a lot about the family. Uh, yeah. It's really sad because Anthony's like, they're both basically talking about how any age is difficult to lose a parent, but when you're 18, you know, as a boy, it must be hard and because, you know, your dad would have typically taught you how to be a man. And Anthony's like, it was as if I'd lost an arm. Like, he's so vulnerable here. It's sad, isn't it, really? Yeah, but this is what we needed. Do you remember a couple of chapters ago we were saying we feel like they were already falling for each other before they'd actually got to know each other or before they'd bonded? And I suppose this, is, this chapter's doing that, isn't it? It's making them bond. Yeah, and also Kate talks about how sweet and kind Mary is. And Kate says, you know, it's funny, but, you know, Mary visits my mother's grave just to tell her how I'm doing. I mean, how sweet is that? Because we aren't the biggest fan of Mary, but this is a really sweet thing for her to do. Yeah, that's really sweet, actually. And then it says they sat in companionable silence for a moment, both staring at the candle flame, watching the wax drip down the taper to the candlestick. Oh, maybe they'll use the wax. That would be hot. Mm. Oh, they're still talking about their family. A flash of lightning lit the room. Kate bit her lip, trying to force slow and even breaths through her nose. So she's still quite scared. Are you all right? Anthony asked. She looked over at him, and something inside of her melted at this concerned look on his face. Whatever he'd done in the past, however they'd argued and fought, in this moment he truly cared about her. He gave her hand a squeeze. How long have you been like this? Tonight or in my life? Both. And then she says, since the first clap of thunder, I get quite nervous when it begins to rain. But as long as there is no thunder and lightning, I'm all right. She has a fear that it might grow into something more. She swallowed. Oh, is that supposed to be like a metaphor, do you think, between her and Anthony? Maybe. He's very nice. He's like, oh, it's not foolish. And then she says, you're very sweet to think so. And I was like, mm, that doesn't sound like Kate. Yeah. Do you want to read from Kate stared at him intently? Because this could be juicy. Okay. So Kate stared at him intently, watching his dark eyes in the flickering candlelight and catching her breath at the flash of pain she saw in the brief second before he looked away. And she knew with every fibre of her being that he wasn't speaking of intangibles. He was talking about his own fears, something very specific that haunted him every minute of every day. She's very intuitive then. So they're talking about her fears and he's obviously thinking about his own fears of death, isn't he? Mm, yeah. She, wa she wants to ask him about it, but she feels like mm, that maybe wouldn't be right. And then she says, I think I might be ready to go upstairs. Suddenly, it was too hard to be in his presence, too painful to know that he would belong to someone else. What she also starts to think about is he would marry someone else, maybe even Edwina. This is the first time she admits that she's jealous and upset by the idea of him being with someone else, isn't it? Yeah, which I felt like she was displaying signs of jealousy before, mm. but, but maybe it's just a bit stronger now. Yeah. There we go. And then she says, oh, you know, he's like, can I crawl out of under the desk? She says, oh, I'm so sorry. I stopped noticing where we were sitting. You must think I'm such a ninny. And he says, never a ninny, Kate. Even when I thought you the most insufferable female creature on the planet, I had no doubts about your intelligence, which is nice. Yeah. It's back to teasing again. Yeah, and then and then he says, oh, we're friends. And she goes, so we're friends, she whispered. And he said, hard to believe, but I think we are. Yeah, she mentions being a rake, him being a rake again. 
Uh, it says here, Kate smiled as she took his helping hand and rose to her feet. I'm glad you're you're really not the devil that I originally thought you. One of his brows lifted and his face suddenly took on a very wicked expression. Well, maybe you are, she amended, thinking he probably was every bit the rake and rogue that society had painted him. But maybe you're also a rather nice person as well. That's nice. She has learned that someone can be a rake and a nice person because she was quite black and white before, wasn't she? Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe that's kind of where the other mums of the ton were coming from. Like, you know how before we were like, why would you want your daughter to marry a rake? Maybe at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, they get around a bit and they're a bit of a lad, but they're still a nice person. Like, maybe this is Kate growing up a little bit. Yeah. She's being more... Um I, I guess not judging him on... I guess it's a little bit like Pride and Prejudice, isn't it? She's been judging him on this idea she's had of him right from the start. She's been quite black and white. Yeah. Like you can tell a guy and a rake, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so then he says, basically, I can't walk you back to your room if someone should come across us at this hour. So that indicates to me that if anyone came across them now underneath the table, you know, that would that would be quite... What's it called? Incriminating, wouldn't it? So yeah. um, Kate nods. They'd forged an unlikely friendship, but she didn't want to get trapped into marriage with him. Right? She question mark. And it went without saying he didn't want to marry her. He motioned to her and especially with you dressed like that. So she looks down and she, she gasps, yanking her robe more tightly around her. She'd completely forgotten that she wasn't properly dressed. Her night clothes weren't risque or revealing, sadly, especially with her thick robe, but they were night clothes. Will you be all right? He asked softly. It's still raining. She's scared of the rain too. Well, if he had been using his listening skills, she did say that it wasn't the rain that bothered her. So I feel like maybe Anthony wasn't quite paying attention earlier. Um, too busy looking at her night clothes maybe yeah probably so kate stops listens to the rain i think the storm is over he peers out of the hall it's empty she says that she should go and he steps aside and lets her pass and then she turns around and says lord bridgerton anthony he said you should call me anthony i believe i've already called you kate so something else has changed there hasn't it that they're calling each other by their first name we know that's important because in the TV series, Kate is a little bit surprised when Edwina calls Anthony Anthony and she says he lets you call him by his first name because it's like a proper intimacy thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely in this time. And I really, I don't think any person of the opposite sex should be calling you by your first name, should they? Unless they are your betrothed. Yeah, or family member. Yeah. Then this reminds you of Bridgerton season one where um, Daphne and the Duke are dancing and he's and she says, if we are to if we are to continue with this, the charade or charade or whatever you call it, we should probably call each other by our first names. And she says, OK, oh, my God, what's the Duke called? Simon. OK, Simon. And he goes a bit funny and he goes, OK, Daphne. And she like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, it was like getting to second base or something. Yeah, and they, and that sort of reminded me of this scene here where she smiled hesitantly. Anthony, his name sounded strained on her tongue. He leaned forward slightly, an odd devilish light in his eyes. Kate, he said in return. I just wanted to say thank you, she said, for helping me tonight. I, she cleared her throat. It would have been a great deal more difficult without you. 
I didn't do it. Yeah. So she's actually admitting a weakness in front of him and basically feels like she kind of owes him one. I didn't do anything, he said gruffly. He's not vague with emotion, is he? And then she says, no, you did everything. And it just feels a little bit too much for Kate. You know, she's very reserved. She's given away a lot tonight. Yeah, but I think the only thing that was holding her back from really liking him was because she thought he was this unfeeling rake. And now she's seen a different side to him and she can't seem to hold back. Well, she can, but she seems to be falling for him. I definitely think it was a good chapter for us to read it loud. And I can see why it was juicy because this is, this is a proper turning point now, isn't it? In the story. Yes. And because we're so dirty minded, mm-hmm. I think they were expecting um, a sex scene, but yeah. this was nice. It's, you know, it wasn't a sex scene, which I'm sure we'll get later, but it was a nice turning point in their relationship where they're bonding. Yeah. That's what we've been wanting for a while. Yeah, and we needed this because we have been feeling like, how does it go from hate to love? And this is the turning point. This is the big emotional kind of icebreaker, isn't it, that they both need. I'm really intrigued to see now what's going to happen in Chapter 13 because how do you go back from that? They've reached a level of intimacy, haven't they? Like an emotional connection now. Like, what do you think Chapter 13 is going to look like? I just want to know when the sex scene is going to happen. I don't know if it'll be Chapter 13. Maybe that's too soon. They need to space things out. But um, I'm trying to think. Um, then again, in the TV show, wasn't she at the house party at Aubrey House when they have sex under the wisteria? Oh, is there a ball first? I really can't remember. I thought it was at his house. Yeah, um, it is at his house. But I'm just thinking, because they're at his house for a little while, aren't they? Because they, they get invited for a meal. Isn't that right? Oh, I don't know. I've forgotten. I don't know. But you're right. They're at his house. And I guess that how this difference, how this is different than the TV show is when she goes into the library, it's to get a book. So she's not hiding behind a desk. So she gets a book out and then he sees the candle through the door. He talks about how the books were his dad's like prized possessions it's such oh. a shame that the tv show didn't spend more time in the library yeah but didn't they have that nice moment in the tv show where their hands touch holding the book their hands don't touch but they do have that eye contact where he says my dad was stung by a bee and she says my lord i'm i'm sorry and it's a really lovely moment but it's like literally five seconds compared to this. It's a lovely scene though. Like we don't see her shaking because they, they're both lying in bed and they both look like they can't sleep. And it, you don't get the sense from her that she's fearful of storms in the TV show. Oh, really? I don't no. remember. Oh, no. She just goes, so it's almost like more like she can't stop thinking maybe about what had happened before. So you think chapter 13, sorry, what are your predictions? I have no idea. Hang on. The bee sting hasn't happened yet, has it? No. Maybe the bee sting will happen. I don't know. I don't really... I don't know. I I don't know. What do you think for Chapter 13? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't even know. Uh, Have you given up up on the blanket um, making a return again, do you think? Um, I think I'm going to have to give up on the blanket. I'm disappointed. I thought I was onto something there. I know, I know. That's a shame. Well, you know what? We've still got a few chapters left, so, you know. 
I kind of want there to be a little bit more conflict now between them. Like, you know how you have in a TV show that you got the closeness and then the draw- withdrawing away, then a bit of closeness and then drawing away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I but I think there was too much of that in the TV show and it got on my nerves. But you're right. I think we could do with some conflict before we then have like a mega sex scene. Yeah. Like maybe it'd be quite good if we saw Sienna and him talking and he's just saying, um, I don't I don't want to engage in a relationship with you. And then um, Ed, uh, and then Kate sees him and then he runs after her to try and justify his behaviours. I mean, that would be quite hot, wouldn't it, in chapter 13? Yeah, and then she gets really angry. And she's like, you do not have to justify yourself to me, my lord. Um, I have known that you were a rake since the moment I met you. And then he's like, oh, yeah? Then how come you look so angry right now and you look upset? And she's like, I'm not upset. And then she he goes to kiss her and then she slaps him. And then she goes to kiss him. <laughs> yeah. Or she goes to slap him and he holds her wrist in his hand. And then he turns towards her hand and kisses the inside of her palm and then her wrist. I mean, that's hot, isn't it? Yeah. And then he licks all the way down from her wrist to her elbow. I don't like that, Chris. Too far. I'm not sure I like the idea of him licking her like a dog licks an ice cream. Why don't we do that thing where we each have to write the Anthony and Kate sex scene Mm. and we'll share it in the next episode and people can vote on which one is the best one. Well, what are you saying in chapter 13 that you think they're actually going to have sex? I really don't know. I feel like it might be too soon. I don't even think they're going to have sex in this book. I don't think we're going to see it. They have to. Why? Because it's Bridgerton. It has to be a sex scene. Yeah, but you know what it's like? Like, this had the whole lightning um, scene and the the TV show barely had it. How do you know that the TV show just didn't take creative license? But I think the reason Bridgerton became so popular is because of the um, Regency sex scenes. But in The Duke and I, I don't think there was a sex scene in that book, was there? I think there was. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was. I can't imagine that in this book they would have sex. I want to believe that there is sex in here. I don't think in chapter 13. Okay, well, we'll have to see. I wonder if they have sex outside. So basically in chapter chapter 13, we have no idea what's going to happen. I think there's going to be some sort of misunderstanding involving Sienna or something will happen that Kate sees him doing and it will make her question what happened the previous night. And he, she will be like a little bit annoyed with him. He'll be like, Kate, what's wrong? She's like, do not call me Kate. And it will be like a bit of tension, but he'll actually be trying to figure out why she's an- annoyed. Yeah, I think it'll be something like that. And and what do you think, sorry? Yeah, I think she'll pull the don't call me Kate. I like that. Yeah, same. And then maybe, I don't know if she'll go to slap him now, but I just like the idea of him grabbing her hand and kissing her. Well, they're quite violent. She's quite violent, so I wouldn't be surprised. Well, you didn't like that before, but now I feel like you're liking the idea of the... I like a good slap, um, Mm -hmm. and I like a little bit of rough. I just didn't like her biting his leg like a dog, and the kicking, I didn't find that hot. I wasn't sure if she did actually bite his leg, or he says, is she biting my leg? I can't believe that a Regency woman would bite another man's leg. She did in the book, and we found it really disturbing. 
Mm, that is disturbing. Well, if you know, if she can do that, then maybe there will be a sex scene. But chapter 13, I don't think it will be yet. What do you think? When do you think the bee sting's going to happen? I think it could be the end of the next chapter or maybe the chapter after. Are you definitely sure that it's in the book even? Yes, it is. Because I remember when we were watching the TV show, I looked up the version in the book because I thought the version of the TV show was just really odd. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. I think a lot of people said that the bee sting in the book was better or worse than the TV show. Do you remember? It's a very different. I don't want to ruin it, but it's a very different. And they've made it slightly different. Mm. Um, I don't want to say until you've read it. Okay, well, this is exciting. Well, thank you, Erin, for suggesting Chapter 12. I'm really, really glad that we read it out because I think actually there was a lot here that was quite fun to read out. And I think we would have missed quite a lot if we hadn't have done that. So that was brilliant. If anyone else has read any other chapters coming up and you would like us to do a read through with reactions, let us know. If you think Chapter 13 would be a good one to read through live, let us know. Otherwise, we will... We will do as we normally do and read ahead of time thanks thanks for listening and join us for the next time thank you thank you bye, bye.